0: Pickaxe. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Triforce Podcast. Woohoo!
1: Oh yeah. Do you like do you, wow. like,
0: do you like that? Like the big and then the sudden stop? Yeah. The two people like
1: excited clapping in the background makes the sound. Oh yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, so uh, we're back. Uh,
0: this time, we're not on the road. I'm at home. I'm in my cold-ass dad garage. It's cold. It is cold, yeah, Sam. Holy shit, is it ever horrible. cold? Oh, God, I hate man. This. I hate the cold. You know what? It, it's so cold. I drove my wife and my baby daughter somewhere this morning, and it was cold doing that. You know, normally that's not, like, a cold thing to do. Like, if you have to walk somewhere, yeah, you're cold. Uh, or if you're, like, standing outside, you know, if you're... On a construction crew of five people and you work <laughs> for the government and you're looking down a manhole all day yeah. outside, that's cold. Or you're having
1: your packed lunch on a girder, you know, yes. suspended that above. Yes, that can
0: be pretty cold. It can be pretty windy up there. But normally, you know, you do something like, you know, you drive somebody in somewhere to avoid the weather. But like even inside the car, the steering wheel was so cold, I had to like constantly remove my hands from it while mm. driving. Okay. It was that cold. Safe. Fuck me. That
1: sounds safe. <laughs> yeah, pretty it's safe. Yeah. Very safe dad was, thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a, it's, classic,
1: a, it's a classic English winter thing. Okay, yeah,
0: That's like a dad joke, though, in itself, isn't it? Like, hey, kids, watch us. Woo! You, like, you you know, take your hands off the steering wheel. They're like, dad, what are you doing? Like, that's <laughs> fine. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll be fine, no, kids. Just I me. do remember my dad um, driving me to school in early, you know, very, very cold winter mornings, you know, it, and I got a lot of respect for that because it was... Really cold, really dark when you wake up, you know, you have to get up, you have to get the kids up, get them washed, you know, get them cleaned up, get them them some food. I don't
0: think people appreciate how hard the school run is. And I think that's why I think in Asia, they get it. They understand that the school run is like really fucking hard work. You got to do it for years and years and years. You become like a hollow shell of a man after it's all said and done. And that's why your kids look after you when you're older in Asia. But over here, they don't. What do they do? They get government jobs and then they don't give you your pension anymore, and then you're on those commercials where you're frozen to death in your apartment because it, they didn't pay, put the heating on. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what, what what's up with that? Why can't why can't <coughs> we take care of old people in Britain um, like they do in Asia?
1: Well, in Asia, remember, they do really I well, well they... in
0: Asia. Those old people are like looked after super duper
1: well. Yeah. Well, I don't know who you who I in my life, I don't know any old people who are not looked after. Well, well, to yeah. To be fair, I mean, I don't but know I who mean, you're talking how about. How many here, old Sips? people are in your life? Well, we've got not many more now. They're all gone. So yeah, but there's a few, a few of them gone. I don't know who you're talking about here. In that, that's not being looked up.
0: I'm, t- I'm talking about those people that you see on documentaries all the damn time. You know, on the news every day. They're like, oh, the price of heating fuel has gone up again, and then they show that <laughs> crippled old woman who just like looks like nobody ever visits her. And she's got one of those fake
1: fireplaces,
0: you know. But she that, was probably yeah. a miserable. She's like a heater.
1: She was probably a miserable and person in real life, and like when she wasn't an old person. Just because she's now an old person doesn't well, you're saying, mean you're that saying
2: if she was if she was like a mean old lady, she deserves. She was probably to... a
1: mean middle aged lady, and then she was probably a mean <laughs> young lady. You know, come, I'm not. Come I've on. not got any sympathy for her. Is well, what I'm saying. You're an animal. Well. You what know? if
0: her whole, what if her whole extended family died in a plane crash on a vacation? Yeah. Okay,
1: well that's that it she well, wasn't to, invited to. I'm awkwardly. just saying, I'd like to see some evidence of that, you know, before I'm nice to her. <laughs> <Right>? Evil. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you're you you the a a person, person who needs. Cold- heat? Of uh, freezing to death because you're a miserable old bitch, or <laughs> due to extenuating circumstances. Because I need to know that. Man, go stand outside for ten minutes,
0: okay? In uh, and just wear a cardigan, and that's it. And maybe like a like a blouse, and come back in and tell me how you feel about this old lady. What do you I think mean? You'll feel sorry for it? Why is she doing it? she
1: got no sense at all. Standing outside in a cardigan and a blouse no, in zero th- no. degree.
0: Well, she can't afford to put her heat on. It's as cold inside as it is outside. That's what I'm saying. And she's not moving around. She's too old. She's just sitting in a chair and she's even colder than you because at least you've, like, stood up and gone outside. Like, you know, you got your circulation going. Her circulation isn't going. It's, it doesn't go anymore. <laughs> That's why she's so cold oh, all the time. Well, we're not going
1: to have to worry about this problem much longer by the sounds of it, Sips, if she's that, got that little go for her. Oh, my God. She's not able to move around. Come we, on! All right, Adolf. It, let's not start <laughs> euthanizing me.
0: What oh my is goodness. that? Is that punishment for not being a nice person? Is okay. that is that what we're saying now? We're going to kill people. Listen. Just so my, because my they, nan
1: is ninety, uh, she's the same right. age as the queen, and for her whole yeah. life she has very much modelled herself. Had had the queen there as this same age sort of fashion icon, mm. kind of role right. model, and so she's yeah. a very she's a very stout, proactive old lady. Just call your nan stout, yeah. She's not well, she's not. I wouldn't call her, she's not actually. She's certainly not very uh, but she she is one of these people who permanently thinks she she should be on a diet, you know, even though she's now 90. Mm. And so she's constantly, you know, worried about that because I guess she has been her whole life, um, and so it hasn't changed because she's 90. But this Christmas, um, you know, we we made a decision to put her in a home, um, got her the Kerry Katona. exercise dvd (laughs) (laughs) it's it's been a very (laughs) it's been a very gradual process it's a bit oh yeah okay it's it's very gradual process because she was very independent um do it wanted to do her own thing and so right. we sort of moved her from her, her bungalow to uh, a smaller sort of flat near nearer to us, so we could visit more often. And so you know, we always right. we sort of, and do you. We always used to take turns. So when, when I was there, I would visit my nan like a couple of times a week, and then when I moved away, oh. um, my brother would do it and pop in and stuff. Anyway, we were. All, it was a very gradual process, and so eventually, she found that she wasn't able to to go walking out every day, and so we got someone to push her out in the wheelchair. And then she wasn't able to do this, and so we got someone to do this. And then it, it was a very gradual sort of process, and we were very aware of it the whole time. And, and now I think her mind is going a little bit as well, and it's a, it's very sad to see. And, and I I'm not I don't want to make jokes about you know not not caring for the elderly or you no, well, hit you know or you're something. only joking when, because because I think I am very very consciously aware of this, and it is a big problem in our society. But I think that I, I don't think we should just have these blanket assumptions where oh, we are our society is mean to old people why can't people like asia i I think i think they are asia have the right i don't think asia have the right model necessarily but i like the asian model which is basically you're gonna go you're gonna get your grandparents to move in with you again kind of thing you know that sort of happens then it's actually a very very good thing to have these social things where lots of families live together under the same roof
0: until they accidentally see you naked and then it's not such a good thing because I don't know, there's a line, isn't there?
1: Right, you know, yeah, like you want to be,
0: you want to be free at, in your own house to do whatever you want. So, like, but, but you know, so then again, sometimes y- you don't want to get undressed in the bathroom to take a shower. Sometimes you want to get undressed outside of the bathroom and then walk your naked ass into the bathroom to sh- take a
1: shower. And My if nan has seen me naked. living with you loads of times, so, though. You know, I mean, if really? your parents have too, right? Up until the age of about sort of, you know. I don't know, maybe like thirteen. <laughs> I was just naked all the time.
0: <laughs> what? No, I was gonna say maybe the cutoff was like five or so, like thirteen. Like I'm, my grandma did not
1: see me naked when I was thirteen. I can guarantee. Well, that okay. that not 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 did naked. Did you still but need help
0: wiping not, your bum and stuff when you were thirteen? Is that- not
1: fully, fully, fully nude. Um, but but right. you know have She a... saw my balls but not my dick. <laughs> they were
2: just hanging out. They were hanging out of my
0: shorts. But she didn't see my dick so it's fine. the, the she thing is see like, my balls
2: Culturally there. in a lot of Asian countries th- it's different about the um, sort of looking after the elderly. I'll give an example, okay? When I when I went to Bali on my honeymoon about let me think about 17 years ago now I guess it would have been. Oh, she was a different it was place 16 now. years ago. Yeah, it is. But but um we, we, we were we were there. People. It is. We were there the year before. The... There for the hot weather. They
1: don't yeah. have to yeah, wear the exactly. cardigan. They're or anything. just there. It's just free warm. heating.
2: But, but free you, heating. you have to look after your parents if you're the youngest <laughs> child, right? You're the youngest child. You got to look after the parents. And they they name their kids like in order that they were born. So if you're the first born, your name will generally be number one. Putu. Oh. Putu or, or Gede or or Wyan. Like these are the kind of names. And then the second born kid has a couple of names that they can choose from. So you know. Number two. Which order they're in. So Second. Our, exactly. So our guide for, for the, the two weeks we were there, we had a guide who went, he would meet us at the hotel and we'd get in his van and him and the driver would drive us around and he'd tell us all about the island. His name was Putu. And Putu is normally the the firstborn son's
1: name. Okay, but yeah.
2: But when they have too many kids, it just wraps around. So he's the, he's the younger Putu. So there's the, his oh. older brother Putu and he's Putu too, but he's the youngest Putu, okay? Putu too. So, right. So because he's the youngest, he has to look after the parents. Like the youngest looks after the parents. all All the older kids get to leave, he has to stay behind, look after the parents, and then they'll have to live with him and that's the way it is, that's the way it's done. So we don't have any kind of system Uh, brothers and sisters just argue with each other about who's going to have to look after mum and dad now they're getting on. And I think it's kind of sad, but they've had to structure it into the fabric of their society. It's a social responsibility. Given the choice, given the choice, Nobody wants their parents living with them. Once they're a grown-up and you've got your own place, you don't want your mom and dad moving back in with you. It'd be awful. No. It's like everybody loves Raymond all over again.
0: Yeah, You're like, exactly. I know they don't quite live with them, but like, they're practically, qu- too, it too it close It certainly feels for comfort. like you
2: live here with me. I'm Raymond everybody and Everybody loves Raymond. Raymond, you gotta respect your mom. Yeah, Raymond, <laughs> he's right. That's like, that the whole show is about how miserable yeah, it would well, be to have your parents That's what your time.
0: life is like in Bali then, I guess, when your yeah. parents
1: live with you. I, I
2: have everybody these... loves Putin. You,
1: that's the g- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's really Everybody appropriate because I guess Poutu.
1: what happens is, as a civilization, when you have like eight kids in each family, okay, uh, at least yeah. then you've got like, if you're naming them, if Putu means first, then, you know, Rutu well, means you incre- second. You, or whatever. you
0: increase the odds
1: of not having to look after your parents, I guess, when you well, have like a lot well, more sh- kids than them. Sh- Sure. But it's not going to increase your odds. Are is you it? shushing me? You're not going to. What? Anyway, I'm just saying in a norm, like in a class of kids, okay, if everyone is called if you've got like if the average family has got 6 to 8 kids, that's yeah. fine, okay? That you know that you've maybe you've got like 5 putus or 6 putus, but you've got a lot of other people, right? Yeah. Nowadays, people only have like 1.5 kids, okay, one to two yeah, kids. Yeah, nowadays they do. So I think it's I think it's
0: because we're we're really precious nowadays. Especially like people that are approaching their mid 20s or like their early 30s nowadays are used to having like Lots of free time, you know, and then they have a kid, and and they think that it's going to be just like they saw in the movie, and they realize it's a lot of hard work, and then they're like, "Never again! I, I, I'm going to get my, I'm I'm chopping off my dick. I'm not doing this again." Exactly. I, I, I just then don't know they how they just have
1: one kid. I can't imagine how the teachers would handle that class, though, if literally everyone in the class is called Putu. Putu. So how does that work, Pyrian?
2: I don't know dude, I'm not Balinese. I mean they make it work. Well
1: why didn't you ask this question? this would be the first question I asked of the, 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 the I, they think they barcode though. Can you ring them up <laughs> the uh Puto,
2: it's Pyrion. Pyrion <laughs> Flags they scan them. No, I know you don't remember me, but listen i got a question for How
1: you How would you know That you're talking To the right guy As well, well If you just problem. rang him up And that said Poutou Because anyone in that Family could answer The dad's called Too. The granddad's called Too. One of his, his brothers Is
0: called the same I know It's not that It's not that far-fetched Because in the West Everybody just like Uses the same names as well Every year there's like Two or three really popular names And guaranteed Your I kid's going to be yeah, In a class with like Ten of them let's Oh my say god you Like knew, Khaleesi There's literally Ten Khaleesi's In my son's class I'm not even kidding But
2: let's say you knew there, three Ted's how would you differentiate in the same way you do everyone else I'd be bold Ted and then they'd be yeah. big Ted and little Ted or whatever no, you no, know no.
0: you guys have an infestation of
1: toms in the office and you guys cope well there's like fairly. 10 toms in the office but I think do you know what I think what would happen though it's a little bit like if you just if you if you say do this that someone will get up and do it. Okay, a, the a, most a appropriate will do. Yeah. they have up like any affixes,
0: like they'll have like smelly putu and tall <laughs> putu and dumb putu exactly. and bucktooth putu. Yeah,
2: they'll all, <laughs> there'll be ways to
0: differentiate
2: them and for they'd sure have because all of them they'd have nicknames. Like they'd probably call the, ing- the youngest one would be like little brother or something like that. So they'd just say little brother, you go do that. So you know they, they they'd have a way. I mean, it's not like they're just walking around confused all the time. You know, someone goes, yeah. Puto, and everyone on the street turns around and
1: goes, who, who could Hello? he be? <laughs>
2: <You know, laughs> no, is it no, no. me? I don't know you. Like Why are you calling me?
1: I'm Puto." Maybe it's I'm... like an ant colony. <laughs> and just, you know, <laughs> anyone will be able to do it. Anyone will be able to answer your question. You know, you'll just stop a Puto on the street and he'll talk to you as if he's the one you already Man, it know, sounds like a, you know.
0: It sounds like the name of a Pokemon. Is that so like was that, is that,
2: is that where they got their inspiration from? I think so, yeah. yeah. Nice. And the Pooties evolve into... Mega putu. I
0: choose you, Poutou.
2: Got to catch them Which all. One? But they've only got like this seven like names. like 20 of them
1: in a the field. Huh? <laughs> me? You mean me? <laughs> a putu ball. Catch him in the putu ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, uh, man, fuck. tell me more about Bali. I want to know more about like what has oh, got great. to. I went, I went to a cockfight. fight. Oh, you didn't? I did, yeah. They,
2: it, it's a ceremonial thing that in the temples that they have in Bali, for the morning, sort of before the morning prayers and everything, they shed blood by by sort of sacrifice, okay? so in The second
1: son. Has to
0: be
2: sacrificed. <laughs> they sacrifice. They go through <laughs> a lot of people. Like it's a lot not of not my
0: little putu. Yeah, <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Bl- bloody putu. They call him He's always got cuts and things. So, so they'll, they'll kill a chicken or something. So to get around right. the fact that cockfighting is, you know, illegal in Bali because you know you have to make that kind of stuff illegal. But everybody's like, ah, it doesn't matter. So they just kill a chicken by cockfight. Like, so they're still technically it's a blood sacrifice. So it, they make out like it's a religious thing. So we, we're driving right. past this temple and there's all these guys shouting and waving and holding chickens. And I said to Putu, stop the van. I want to see a cop fight here. Before I go back, he's like, okay, but I'm really against it. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but I, you know, I just want to see one. Just once I want to I want to see what's up. I've never been to one. Oh, god. And these guys look like they're having a great time. So i just love to see it. He was like, okay, <laughs> I'll take you to the cockfight. So we go into the temple, and there's all these guys. I'm like the only foreigner there. They all look at me for like two seconds and then they're back to looking at the, the cockfight. And they've got these two things. And I didn't realize that they put a razor on this on the sort of spur of the cock roll. Otherwise, the fight goes on too long. So you put this on there, and then whichever one does it we'll just razor the other one and that's it fight over blood sacrifice done no suffering they kill the chicken and on you go well minor suffering anyway so there's all these lads there and they're gambling like crazy and putu who told me he wasn't into it is front and center with a wad of money like take a bet to make a bet <laughs> <laughs> and was he, he really into it and he says to me, hey, so- which one's going to win? And they think, because I'm like this foreign outsider, I'll, I'll pick the lucky chicken. So I was like, I think that one's going to win. And the, so like the betting was changing based on my prediction because they were all like, oh yeah, get, get in on the, the foreigner's bet. I want in on this. That's going to be lucky sort of thing. So they're all betting and the betting's exchange. And then the guy's holding up the chickens and everyone's numbering like this. And then he holds up the other one. And then they sort of, they poke them at each other. They're holding them tight and they're jabbing them at each other to get them all riled up. And then they throw them into the middle of this sort of little dusty ring and they just go at it. It's over in like two seconds. One of the cockerels Yo, but raises Why the other they- one in the throat, job done, they hold up the winning cockerel, he gets taken off to have sex with all the chickens he wants and they ring the neck of the other one and job done. And on we went. And then money changes Why do they fight though? What do they do to them to make them so angry? Because they, just, they, they don't Well, cockerels, naturally cockerels are fight. Ter- like- cockerels will fight. Like they're kind of, if you, if you get a couple of angry cocks, sips, right. shit's gonna kick right off, okay? Like just Yeah, cuts, but I guess if they're out
0: in the wild, they can back off and go back to their yeah. room and stuff but here and, they're and not in. claim the territory. And because you've been oh, poking I them see. at each
2: other, it's like starting right. a fight. It's like grabbing someone's hands and pushing another person, making them push each other and then pushing them into right. a ring. And they're, they're so stupid. They're like, hey, why were you pecking me? You know, they don't say, wait a minute. Why are we being forced into this futile struggle? Just for, for another being's entertainment, let us be friends. And then the man. other corporal sees an opening, slashes his throat, and lives. That's pretty much it. It was it yeah. was Jeez. it was brutal. It,
1: it's it, cockfighting is a little bit like what people did before Pokemon, right? You know, it's it's <laughs> man.
0: I can't I can't think of cockfighting and not think of that Seinfeld episode with the with the cockfighting and little little Jerry. <laughs> yeah, Remember that, that one? Was a great Fuck was I was I can't. I've never been to like a, an animal fight like dog or cock I know like I guess they're super illegal as well but like they're sort of well documented right like you always see them in movies and stuff there's always a dog fight or a cock fight or and it's always something to do with like uh you know it's like some shady underground like all right we got to go find Mr. Mistopheles where is he? He's underground. What's he doing? He's at a cockfight. <laughs> well, wow, let's go find him. Like it, it's always there, right? Because like all the gambling and stuff. Yeah, but like, yeah. You're you're pretty fortunate in in a weird sense that you've seen one because like I don't think everybody will get to see one in exactly. their lifetime. Exactly.
2: And I mean, I just thought when, I'm I am never gonna get another chance. It, it's like no. a tra- it's like a tradition here. So I kind of felt like I wasn't going to some seedy backroom no, thing. No, like and- if you
0: if you were if you were to do that in like England. You would feel horrible, yeah. Because like and like all that stuff, the, like badger the caliber of people and, there as well uh, would be like, "Fuck, holy shit, yeah. stone cold killers." I mean, and-
2: they, they're gonna kill. The, they're gonna kill a chicken anyway, and this just adds, yeah. perhaps a, a cruel moment in the front. The chicken's still gonna die. It's still gonna get its neck wrung, and they're still gonna eat it. Like you know, that's the way it goes. So I, I didn't feel terrible. I, uh, yeah, it wasn't like a couple of dogs. Where you think, shit, this could have been somebody's pet. And now they're forcing it to fight. Like that's brutal. This is yeah. it's it's a chicken, man. It's going to die anyway. Come
1: on. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I think it's it, it's um it's a big religious. There's a lot of religious attachment to it. It's a lot. It goes back a very very long way. And I think that obviously one of the things that they're doing with those razors, I guess, is to shorten the suffering. Oh yeah, of it goes birds, on forever right? otherwise. Like, so, they, they're just yeah. raking
2: at each other. You, want, I mean, it that, quick. That you want it to be bad. quick. to be bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. back in the day, people had the stomachs for that, but nowadays everybody's like too much of a pussy. They just want it to be over quick, and don't they be want a to pussy. get their money. It's
2: just a chicken with his eye hanging out. What? You, you watch the two hour a pod, con fight. You, you watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a These man. These guys got to get to work, man. They got to do the temple stuff and go go to work. Oh shit. Course, the bizarre yeah.
1: thing that got me initially, I was like, the temple. They have to go into the temple to. I guess religion, you know, it's very set in its ways. Maybe, you know, maybe the blood spilled on the blood sacrifice on the temple floor is like, harkens back to something. I yeah, don't know. No, it, yeah, it's
2: all, yeah it's a, it was a big part of it. And the other thing is, they have temples all over the island. Like, these are like, your, your each family has a little. Temple, like going back for for generations, that's been their little sort of shrine, if you like. So this right. this small. It looks like it's it's like maybe the size. You know you know you know a portable toilet, right? Yeah. Imagine a building with about three 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 square of those. So about three cubed. So it's about three and wide, three temple. long, and about and, and about one high. That's it's like a shrine. All oh, right, okay. you don't really go in it. It's just you know it's got a little garden. So in you there could and stuff. easily have
0: one of those in your backyard, sort of. Oh, thing. They,
2: yeah, often they do. So you'll like often like a banana yeah. stand, right? Size. Exactly, yeah. and there's money yeah. in the banana stand, as we know. So you you can go to cocks in that. There's cocks <laughs> in that banana stand. Can you like
0: upgrade each individual square? Like you could have like on one square you could have like a little like uh, basin for water, and then on another square you could just have like. One of those Japanese toilets that like sprays mist up your ass. I'm sure you like could, but
2: but I don't think you they go to the shrine. They you don't. Can, they don't. No. It's not like a daily visit. Oh, I'm gonna go to the shrine again. Like it's just sort of something they. I, you tend. think it could
0: be a daily thing though? It if could you were be. Yeah. Smart if it was about in your, your house, yeah. Your pimpage, yeah.
2: But they so it's be like, like, like a, it's like a having tub. an allotment. I was more like having an allotment. Yeah. You know, you tend to it occasionally, sort of thing. But they, they're yeah, literally everywhere, yeah. and the legally they're not allowed to move them. Okay, so they're, they're there and that's that. So when you're going around, the road will sort of meander around these, this little shrine that, that's that's there in the middle of this the road sort of thing and, and they're just sort of there everywhere. And I, I, ah. the hotel we were staying at was a ridiculously nice hotel because my dad was like, I'll send you guys somewhere nice for your honeymoon. I was like, thank you so much. That was like his present to us. So we're at this amazing, nice. stunning five-star hotel with this golf course. I don't play golf, but I thought I'd play it anyway. I'm sure I've told this story before, maybe even on the podcast. so you just did
0: everything while you were there. Yeah, it was great. It was
2: the best two weeks. Um, But I'm playing golf on the golf course, and there's a shrine in the middle of the fairway on like the fourth no. hole. So there's this right. shrine and the, the my instructor, I'd had like a week of lessons. Every time I had a lesson, he'd just sort of shake his head. <laughs> we'll try again tomorrow like that. Like I just couldn't get the hang of it. I was terrible. I was really stiff and I didn't didn't get the hang of the swing. And I was just like hacking yeah, at this you gotta,
0: ball. It's all in the hips. You gotta like exactly. move your hips. Exactly, it's kind of loose,
2: you know? And I, I didn't yeah, get that. Yeah, and yeah, his yeah. English was very halting. So he couldn't really tell me what was going wrong, but he knew to say very bad, very very bad, like that. But it's pretty much. Putu what disappointed he knew. <laughs> with you. Yeah. Puto swing hate, hips. Puto hates you. Puto hate your swing. I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it. So we're go out there inside on the and Puto
1: will give you massage. This is
2: different, Puto, not me. <laughs> this is Lady oh Puto. Don't be afraid. So I'm on the fairway and I'm ready to drive. And he says to me, "Don't hit the shrine." It's like, okay. He says, "Do not hit the shrine. We'll get in big trouble." I was like, okay, okay, okay. So oh my now god, actually,
1: it's, it's, it's like putting a ball through your neighbor's window. Exactly. That's what <laughs> so what do you think I did?
2: I sliced oh, this his, thing... His- and it it hit
1: the shrine. pins
2: off the shrine this chunk of masonry falls off the wall a mini nuclear detonation it was terrifying. small
0: mushroom cloud and on the fairway I just sort
2: of <laughs> whole whole like, you know up. when you hunch your shoulders like you're sort of like that like that and yeah. I look at I look at presumably Putu and I can't remember his name and he sort of looks at me and he's making the same expression and the girl on the golf cart is making the same expression so we oh, all shit. hop in the golf cart and zoom to the next hole he's just like just play on play on we'll, we'll the, adore, door, the door
1: to the shrine opens up and like <laughs> two chickens and like Two men, come running out.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, it was rough. Like, it was just unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. But we just went to the next hole. But the the girl that drove the golf cart was also responsible for going and fetching the golf balls that I would slice into the undergrowth. And she did it. Like, she was unbelievable. Like, I would slice this thing into what looked like a jungle. And she'd just leap off the golf cart and, like, sprint in there full pace. And she'd have the ball in, like, two seconds. And at the end, the guy said to me, because you tip everybody in Bali if you're a foreigner, because they all earn so little, right? And I said to him, how much should I tip her? Because she worked really hard. He said, oh, don't give her much. She's just a golf cart girl. And I was like, (laughs) and so I gave him a good tip and I gave her the same amount. And this caused some kind of friction. But
1: the amount (gasps) that I'd given her. You have to be careful. uh,
2: Yeah, you do. But the amount that I'd given her was, was so much that she was like stunned. But it was like five pounds. But to them, that was like, like most of the people that worked at the hotel didn't earn a salary. They earned like a meal. That was what they got paid in. So they'd come into work. Fuck. They'd, have, they'd eat breakfast at home. They'd come into work. They'd get a lunch at the restaurant. It would be nice food because it's like the hotel food. But that was it. And then they were, And then in the evening, they were off. But they worked like 18-hour days for no actual money, just food. So that's saving the family some money and she's out of the house i guess and tips is what they live on so they're at the hotel they don't get paid by the hotel because the hotel's like what we're feeding you and you get tips from all these rich foreigners what more do you want it's shocking so when i gave her the tip that was like a big chunk of change for for a balinese lady but yeah it was it was scary i mean that was the problem is it was this beautiful island but i felt super depressed because anytime you went anywhere there were just all these incredibly poor people Uh, who was so grateful. Uh, They were trying to sell shit all the time. If we're taking a coach trip somewhere, they're running alongside the the van that we were in, like banging on the windows and holding up shit they're selling. And this guy's got like this beautifully carved mahogany sort of little sort of uh, snake thing he's trying to sell. This other guy's trying to sell some some, uh, sort of wooden uh, kitchen implements. And this other guy, swear to God, He's carrying this full-size grandfather clock that he's carved out of a tree. <laughs> he's just running alongside with He's Just bong it away. <laughs> he's just bong, carrying this bong, thing. Bong. And I was like, how much is that gonna be? Because, I you know, he said, $10, $10. I was like, <laughs> and, and they love to the haggle. Fuck. So if I'd said, I'll give you $5 for the grandfather clock, he would have been like, yeah, no problem. So I just thought you could come here with a hundred pounds and leave with like a van load of stuff just by ex- oh, ex- expecting how is, desperate they are. It was crazy.
0: Haggling is hard, isn't it? Because like, I think haggling works if you're from that country. And you sort of know your way around haggling. But when you're from a a foreign country that's perceived as like very wealthy and that you're just like a walking ATM to them sort of thing... Um, it's impossible to haggle. They're just like, nah, fuck you. No, I'm not they, haggling they, with they, you. It's kind like, of they you're going to pay me a full premium price. I don't even want to haggle. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure they ha- stick
2: the price high, but they still haggle. Like if you go oh, up, well, and they'll say 100 whatevers and you'll say, I'm not paying 100. And they'll say 80, 80 whatevers. And you'll say, geez, 80, come on, I'll give you 60. And I realize I'm haggling over 5p. Like that's how much it yeah. is to me. But they're doing it and I'm doing it. And you you realize you're haggling over literally pocket change like that
0: i mean i i I tried to haggle with an egyptian taxi driver one time and he was just not having it i was like (laughs) i was ready for it too i was like oh fuck okay here we go now we're gonna haggle and he's like 20 20 pounds it was like egyptian pounds (laughs) right 20 pounds i was like no no come on come on 90s like 20 well how about 18 20 pounds <laughs> he was just not fucking having it. he was so mad he was so fucking grouchy as well and i was like all right fine let's get out of here <laughs> 20 pounds just like ran out i don't even know where we We just got out in the middle of nowhere as well fucking plate like egypt was I, I went on a similar trip uh to egypt uh it was like um kind of it wasn't like a honeymoon or anything like that though it was just it was just a trip for the for the sake of a trip sort of thing and like oh, I, I don't know if bali's like this but You know, we got a five-star hotel and we thought, fuck, it's going to be amazing. It wasn't like that amazing. Like a five-star hotel in Egypt is just like not not great. Like they need like a higher star rating or something for the better (laughs) hotels because like five stars just wasn't enough. Everything just sounded like it was going to be so much better than it was. Mm. And like we were just like – it was just like disappointment after disappointment. And Mm, then when when we left, we were like, oh, fuck. (laughs) That's a shame. I I don't –
1: I didn't like Egypt, and I never
0: want to come back. It
1: was, like, oh, God, it was... The haggling, though, is it's much easier to haggle when you don't want something, right? It's like, you know, someone comes, comes up to you, you know, you're at a place, like, browsing around, they say, you know, yeah. carpet, £100, you say, well, like... Fuck you. I, you know, I don't want a carpet, and then it go, £80. Yeah. Pounds. No, 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 I don't want it. 60 No, no, I don't want any carpet. 50 It's like, okay, fine. Joe you know what? I have a carpet. That's the best way to <laughs> negotiate, right? But if you it went is, there, but- if you went in there and said, "Hey, I'm looking to buy a carpet," what have you got? And he's like, "I got this, two hundred pounds." And you're like, "Well, uh, I don't, I don't even." If you say, "Oh, sure, I want a carpet, two hundred pounds," but that's a bit expensive. Maybe I'll pay one hundred eighty. You know, do you know what I mean? If you don't want something in the first place, or at least if you have the attitude of not wanting it, that's the yeah. best way to to move forward. If you go out we- with the intention, they see you, they clock you. It's all about body language. It's about doing it. They, yeah. This is their thing that they've done day in, day out for like fifty years. You know they could then read you. They sell. They try to sell so much crap,
0: though. Like I remember when we went around Europe. We took trains around Europe and just like for two weeks, just took trains and tried to like visit all like the major cities. Did you and give them back?
2: We... Hey! No. Uh,
0: anyway, so we went around and and every every train station is littered with people who are are clearly on massive amounts of drugs all the time, like real down and outs and stuff, and and people trying to sell stuff like. But not, not you know, not a guy with a hand-carved uh, grandfather clock. Like, they buy really cheap shit, like, you know, dancing Mickey Mouses. You know, those, like, wiry things that dance when music plays somehow. But they're they're cheap as, as anything. And you just saw them everywhere. Like, there's always, like, a guy standing outside the train station with, like, uh, yeah. a bed sheet on the ground. And it was just covered in these dancing fucking Mickey Mouses yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And then occasionally you'd have, like... You know, like, in Paris, they'd have people selling, like, all these, like... They looked like they were made of pewter, but they weren't. They were just plastic with, like, gold paint on them, Eiffel Towers and and shit like that. But when we were in... I think it was Rome, or it might have been Venice... There was like, there's this, there's this one street we went down and it was just full of these people um, selling the, these, and like the Mickey Mouses were there, of course, but like, you know, all these like souvenirs and stuff. So this is all like laid out on the ground, like on a bed sheet or like on a pillowcase or something. And these guys just standing around listening to music, trying to sell this stuff. And so we're going through and then we we come across this guy and he's got this sheet down and he's like, <laughs> the stuff he was selling was just somebody's purse and the contents of the purse like,
1: <laughs> that he stole clearly
0: yeah. it was like one purse and then there was like like a lipstick and and like a little mirror and it was like it was just like it wasn't even like duplicates of anything it was all just, you can just tell he just just snatched this
2: purse and he was just trying to sell everything inside it Fucking so weird That's it was amazing. pretty
0: funny yeah all right i, I got a, a well. complete
2: change of subject here this was something that really really made me laugh this morning okay I'm on the way back from dropping the kids at school and it's recycling day around here on a Thursday and so everybody's put out their recycling uh, something has fallen out of one of the recycling bins. And it's a piece right. of junk mail. I can tell straight away because I got the same piece of junk mail. It's like something from Barclay card. Uh, it was for Mrs. F. It was just like their usual mass billing thing that they do, That not billing thing. It's yeah, just yeah. a ma- mail-out that just says, hey, you can get a credit card now with the incredible rate of 1000 APR, sign up here. Like you can see yeah. the branding was the same logo on the front, same little word and I could see it and everything. But written on the front of the envelope was, stop moving my letters right, was written there, like scrawled there in biro. And I realized like this had been written because someone in this person's house was moving their letters around. And they'd seen this letter wherever they leave their posts. Like most people, when the post comes in, they've got like a little table or they, they tuck it in. Like there's a place where you put the post so it's not just on the, on the mat next to the front door. Right, And they'd obviously been, someone in their house that they are living with was moving their letters. Now, or maybe
0: it was like a like a like a, a house like that co- converted into flats or something. Well, no, you know, because th- sometimes... these are all
2: flats. They, so this this bit along here okay. is all flat. They're not not me, but like our house is all um, our, our road is all terraced houses. But the other part, sort of near next to our road that I walk past, it's all it's ex council flats that are now just right. flats, right? So yeah, yeah, this yeah. this is someone living in the house and whoever they're living with, their family or their housemate or whatever, has My been nan. moving their letters. Their nan. It's and actually it, your nan, isn't it? It's, it's your house. It's, it's my, my nan, man, your house. It is yeah. not. I, I want to stop that right there. This <laughs> is not me, okay? I, I do not care about who moves my, quote, letters. I do not letters. move anyone's letters. I do not. You're it was very, not me.
0: You're but, very... But, you have, like, there's... Where the letters go, you've, like, drawn a square, and they have to fit in there <laughs> right? perfectly. A or, dotted line, or so and the letters out. go in there, yeah. exactly.
2: But what was I liked this, about it was... Was this very
1: angrily written?
2: Like, very. Like, scratched. Right? Really scratched. So... First of all, whoever's writing it, I like the idea that their letters have to be in this place, not in the other place, okay? And then then they've obviously re-put the letters where they were, and they've written on the top one, stop moving my letters. (laughs) Not good enough. (laughs) For the next person, like whoever it is is moving them is gonna come to move them again and be like, whoa, and see that note, which I thought was really funny that they didn't just say to them, can you stop moving my letters? They've had to really angrily write, stop moving my letters. No, that's all, a very British thing right, as well, isn't it? But second of all, nobody gets letters anymore. It's it's all junk mail or a bill. That's it. So I also like the idea that this person exactly, sits yeah. there with their letters... Ah, my correspondence has arrived and they sit <laughs> in my their armchair. In Peru. <laughs> and they open it up Ah Barclay Card. Yes. I'm on very good terms with Barclay Card. They write to me often. Thank goodness this letter wasn't moved, or I would have moved this missed this important missive from Barclay I don't Card know Let's see what, what I would do if somebody
1: had moved my letters. I would what? never
2: have known about this fabulous
1: offer or with a short time of availability. How would I know that you can get ten percent? of a greasy pizza from <laughs> the local established pizzament <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Pizzaman. For, for only the next <laughs> 14 days. Uh,
2: this this cab firm has been in contact with me before. I believe I shall <laughs> do business with this local cab firm. They also run a car to Heathrow, did you know? I would not have known that had someone moved my letters. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know. But maybe, listen, some people just have very spidery, angry looking handwriting. No. Because people did. don't write very
0: often these no, days. So maybe it was just. So right. You could tell a thing. lot by h- handwriting. Like, you know. Yeah, they've written in like, You know, remember remember when you used to exchange notes with girls in school and girls always had really upbeat, bubbly writing? Yes. Like, you know, like with big circles on the eyes and stuff like that? Yeah. And like, and it would always be like, oh, man, I can't believe, like, I can't even remember what she looks like, but I bet she's pretty hot based on this handwriting. Yeah, it's all boobs but then, and butts, all of their yeah, lettering. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like really curvy lettering and stuff. Yeah. And then me, it's like all... Just, it looked like a, like a three-year-old with a crayon, with, crayoning need, well, it, Yeah. yeah my just... handwriting doesn't reveal much about me except that I'm a dumbass. Like, yeah, that's same.
2: It. People look at my handwriting. Like I, I have to write in the reading record. So when my kids come home from school with school with, with reading books, we read them. And then I write in the little record book, what books they read and how they did. So the teacher can keep tabs on, on how their reading's going and what, whether they should move them up a group or down a group or whatever. And I've realized now that the teacher must look at my handwriting and think, such a shame that their father is mentally backwards. Uh, because, oh man. So, my wife
0: does all that. Her handwriting, I'm not even joking, is like fucking amazing. It's like reading a printout yeah. like from a computer. Mine it's is like terrible. so clear and perfect. And then mine just looks fucking awful. Like, well, it, it's it, offensive. Uh, it's so I, bad. Yeah.
1: I, for me, like, I guess. Of course, I was. I I grew up having access to a word processor and a computer and typing stuff. Fancy. I,
0: look at Mister Fancy. I grew up here. in
1: a word processor household, so I am no. A but thing is, it, was, it, was, it was, it was, it was. <laughs> at the time, that was pretty unusual, right? Mm. My, I, I, I only had that. It was like a BBC computer, and the only reason yeah. we had that was because my dad did accounting on it. It was expensive to buy that did, kind of but stuff. Did they have QuickBooks so, back then?
0: Was it like a big deal? Like I have to take a week off work to do my. Accounts. I don't
1: think you even. I don't think he even. These computers he only had. He didn't actually do accounting on them. He just used it to send out posh-looking letters, and it was like almost like an expensive typewriter kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, nice, yeah. I sort of only half learned joined-up writing. Okay, so my writing was always my writing's not very good either. But I kind of obviously got about halfway through learning joined-up writing when someone said, "Ah, don't bother. No one's going to need to write anymore," and so. My writing is sort of so, some letters I do joined up and others I don't. It's, I guess everyone's at a different stage. But the same thing, though, happened with like touch typing and learning to type fast. So I see some people around the office and it's people that you wouldn't think, okay? They are right down, looking at the keyboard, pecking away with like two fingers. Ugh. And it's, it's very surprising who those people are. And I, I don't, I can't touch type perfectly. When you see someone who can, you're, you're amazed. But my my sort of I was very self taught, and I guess a lot of people must be. But you, back then, you could learn. You could go through programs and teach you how to maybe speak and teach typing. And it was a good it's a good investment to have, by the way, to to properly learn. And there's probably like there's probably like websites you can go to. Yeah, do the, and the
0: thing the quick
1: brown fox
0: jumps over the the brown log thing. Did you guys do those? <laughs>
2: Lazy dog. The,
1: yeah so yeah, yeah. Dog, that, yeah, that's the, the thing they used to show all of the letters on the um the uses,
2: uh, the quick uh, brown brown uh, jumped the, over uh, the brown fox
1: i'm pretty sure the two, two cock uh, enter the shrine Poutou. and the man hits the golf ball <laughs> and Pootu gives him a rub down <laughs> <laughs> what's going on uh, so, so, so so no i i i i'm exactly the same as you i half learned to write and i half learned to type i don't think he said that 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 was the case with him, though. He just said his handwriting is fucking bad I
2: mean it's bad because when I'm writing like me and I'm sure this is, like my handwriting wasn't always terrible I, I mean recently I have uncovered all my old D&D books and I put them up because I've got these new shelves anyone that's watched my stream will have seen I've got new shelves and I've liberated all my hey, nerd stuff I saw stuff. right it's all I, up I noticed that the weird clinical bed is still in there though it's, I guess you can't really it's just a bed but uh, there's nowhere else to put it like Mrs. F you know like what get it rid is, of the though, bed but we need it it's well, just his, his grand has frame. to sleep
1: somewhere no she's put in this. just in the put the mattress
2: on the floor and get rid of the frame that looks terrible the frame isn't it is a nice frame i don't know why everybody hates it it is a nice frame it's just because it's it's it white. looks
0: like an, an asylum yeah. frame. It I, yeah but
2: it's it, honestly you're seeing the other end of it if you see the nice end of the frame it's it's nice it's like well turn the fucking bed around no, then i don't i don't want to have to turn it around because <laughs> then i'd have to take it apart the room is small enough that i can't actually turn it around like, oh, it, sucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's like, this is the way it is. I built it this way. It's going this way. It's fine. It's fine. So anyway. Is the room too small I've, or I, is the, is the, the room bed what? too big? The, both. That's a good question. Ah. What kind of, what size bed is it? Just to give us a, it's just a single bed idea. Of, it's just a single bed. Oh, right. But the, So the, I've realized that the, the width of the room is a single bed plus maybe two feet. So when I'm trying to turn this thing with all the other furniture in here, it's not going to Is gonna that happen.
0: room like the box room? This the is the box that, room. Like, this is the box it's room. It's so, so small exactly. that it's not even really a room. Exactly.
2: I made it into an office and now it's got all That's my shit. That's a good shit. idea. It is. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I'm now looking through all my old D&D books, and role-playing books, and my handwriting mm-hmm. used to be pretty good. Because I had to write all these adventures and shit. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, my handwriting used to be pretty good. But I didn't have a computer back then. And I've realized that now I've got a computer, when I'm writing, what I'm thinking is, why isn't this quicker? Like I could type this quicker, so I'm writing no, at the speed but I type. Not
0: just that, Type your wrist hurts like after really, two really seconds quickly. of writing. Yeah, but yeah. I,
2: honestly, it's just it's just the fact that I'm trying to write at the same speed I type at, and it's just so slow and laborious, I just get bored of making the letters look like letters and they just turn into squiggles.
1: Yeah, it's a shame. I see. It's a That's where problem. shorthand and stuff like that comes in there. Yeah, in the yeah. Just to um,
0: change the subject again, I know that we don't talk about video games on this podcast much mm. because it leads to um, depressing chats. But I don't normally play horror games because I don't like them. Mm. Um, but I played Resident Evil Seven, and I, I saw it is fucked up, like really <laughs> fucked up. No, it's good though. It's well, it's well done. Like, okay, if, I, if you like that sort of thing, I would play it. Like okay. I it's like ten hours apparently, and it's like the story seems cool. I had to read about the story because I have. There's no hope of me ever finishing the game, right. but like, really, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like. Are you just everybody with scary Everybody's stuff. saying that this this game is like. Um, saved, like, the Resident Evil yeah, that's what I franchise think, yeah. because they, the last game was, like, not very good and, and whatnot. Oh, fuck but, off. So they fuck stripped
1: right it right off. Saved the fucking franchise. Like, it's had, like, four bad games in a row. They pro- this, this one would have been shit. They would have made another one. It would have sold enough copies to make another one, and that one would have been shit. I don't think nah, just because a good one fate. comes along, they people can say, oh, it suddenly fate. saved the whole it thing. It would have
0: gone down the can for sure. Like, no, you can't, no. It hasn't you can't gone just down the can after 20 shit.
1: bad games. It's never going to... It's a little bit like I don't think that's how it works. You know, with XCOM, we were talking about this last night. They made XCOM and they were good games. Then they made like 17 bad ones. Yeah, and and the the franchise was was dead. They stopped making them. They stopped
0: making them. It died. It was only, it took them 20 years for somebody, an old fan of the genre and the, the original games. To revive it, and well, make maybe it, good again. it was
1: better off dead. No, it's great. <laughs> the, Shut the, up. The, the, the studio <laughs> oh, and shit. the
0: publisher that made the original games are both long gone now because yeah, they yeah. were so terrible. Like uh, they had to, they, they they had to sell the IP like three, four times to different companies who picked it up and and did worse with it, sort of thing. It's only now that XCOM is back, so it's back, I think baby. that they could easily ditch. Um, Resident Evil, or it was heading for the ditch, by the sounds of it. Isn't it? And, it oh, yeah. And they decided with this game that they were going to strip it back down, make it like just a horror game, a really simple horror game. And, I mean, don't take it from me, because I don't play horror games. I don't know which ones are good and which ones aren't. But this this game well, so, really scared the pejeezus out so, of me. So and was it jump scares? It there There was a couple of jump scares in the hour and a half that I played it, but it The lead-up to them was super well done. Like, there was a lot of, like, tropes and a lot of, like, sort of things, like, that I, I could creepy guess children. were going to happen. There's a creepy child in it somewhere. Uh, okay. At least there's some some imagery Is alluding to that. there a clown mask? <clears throat> no clown mask, uh, which I was surprised about. So, I was streaming this yesterday, and... I was pulling out all the stops in in terms of trying to not be scared of this game, okay? Okay, so you were were playing the broad
1: daylight with, like, you know, midday.
0: The sun was shining in. Okay. I was like, and and I was literally resorting to shit that you resort to when you're, like, six years old and you're scared of something. So were you playing
1: it in a window with Twitch chat on the other monitor? Fingers in front of my
0: eyes, like, just, like, looking through the crack of my fingers because I was so scared. I had to put music on. To like
1: lighten the mood a bit uh, I had to pause it like constantly mm. And like sort Oh God, of. Like, that's the one which I do when I'm watching a horror film Just pausing it yeah pausing it and like stopping And you, you pause yeah. it
0: and you just have to like you, you know you just have to calmly Collect yourself again and then You know you know sort of like beef yourself up a bit sometimes, for like the next though, sometimes sometimes all minutes. these things
1: make it worse though sometimes you think these things are going to help but they actually just it builds make anticipation it worse yeah. yeah
0: my in my mind it was much worse than the reality cuz like when when stuff finally did happen it was like oh it was like kind of scary but at, it was like oh you know it wasn't that bad i i'd really built it up to be this huge thing that it wasn't
1: do you know what the but, do you man, know what
2: the, the key is the key is to to playing horror games and not getting scared. And I've started doing this. If I ever play one, right? Is, okay,
1: this is some good advice. This is this for is not gr- being a PU55Y yeah. sissy so good BITCA. This, get-
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is how you get past it. All right, for anyone out there watching and thinking, oh, I always try to play horror games, but I get too scared. Fail a lot early on. Just get killed by everything. find out all the scary stuff. If you do if you're scared, just that, just yeah, run through it as it an does. experiment and say all right, this is creepy, but let's find out, let's just run through, treat it like a game. So don't get so invested in it. This is if you want to somehow mm. play and not really enjoy the game. I don't know, though. Game. I
0: still think for it, I think my experience was better because I was so no, fucking exactly. scared. And I think that that's it's designed to be like exactly. that. And if, I, if you point. play it that way and you are fucking scared and you're just so fucking reluctant to do anything. Like, I, I just noped out like yeah. 20 times. I, saw I, I literally yeah. pressed Alt-F4 and I was like, fuck, I can't play this. Like, I, I'm about to have a heart attack. I'm I'm but dead. like... Yeah, but I, but then I came back because I was like, "Oh fuck, I want to see like because it's 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 a really creepy fucking story. Like it's like it, it, it borrows heavily from the first season of True Detective. I found you remember that? You yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys watched show. it, but it oh, takes place like in in the fucking um, the you bayou. know the deep South. Yeah, 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 and it's all these like old ass fucking shitty houses, and 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 they're like. You know, you go in them and there's just, like, fucking plates of maggots and
1: stuff like yeah, it's that. Yeah, like Florida like, Noir horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so noir. The,
0: the first part of the game, and maybe even the rest of the game, I'm not sure, but I'll never know now. But um, the first, like, hour and a half of the game, you're in one of those houses. And it's dark and there's nobody there, but there's people there. And, like, because you can hear them every once in a while and shit. But you're, you're sort of, like, thumbing around with a flashlight trying to find out what's going on and shit. And it's, like... The lead up to shit happening is like so fucking creepy and stuff. And like eventually you go down into the cellar and it's like a fucking torture dungeon. And all there's right, like right, right. all not- this shit. And it's like play it, man. I, I think you like it, Louis. Like for a single player experience. I'll pick it up. Yeah, this week blast through it in like ten hours and see what you think. But it's it's fucking good, man. It's like really like somehow. Even though I was super scared, I was like, I wanted to play it more, but I just I can't. I'm too much of a pussy. I like, want to play, play that.
2: Uh, I want to play that game. Uh, My neighbor, I think it's called. Okay. Or he- hello neighbor, I think it's called. And it's basically you have to break into your neighbor's house, and he's it's very cartoony. Like he's this big burly guy that looks like uh, a slightly sort of a, a fairly wealthy middle aged guy who's maybe, he used to be kind of athletic in his youth, and now maybe he still goes shooting occasionally. You know, he's, he's got that look right. about him. He chases you around, you gotta try and hide from him. So it's like a stealth game, but he also, you have to run from him, you can barricade stuff, and sometimes he he will do stuff to try and trap you. So he will barricade doors, and you can take out light bulbs to sort of hide in the dark and stuff. It, if you watch some videos of it, it looks absolutely petrifying. So it's coming out in see summer. That.
1: It says, Hello Neighbor is a stealth horror game about sneaking into your neighbor's house and figuring out what he's hiding in the basement. Right. However, he is an advanced AI who learns from your actions. So you have to oh, try and fuck outsmart
0: me. him. The, so, so another thing that apparently is like a big thing that you can do with Resident Evil 7 is you can play it in VR.
1: Oh, which, Fuck
0: that. Fuck that. Like there's no fucking way. I did, I, would I made be it doing one that. minute
2: into the VR horror demo where you're just walking around a creepy house and then something jumps out at you. One minute. All right. I started no fucking I'm way. walking down the down the the, the the hallway, a picture falls off the wall, I took off the headset. I was like, I'm done. That's it. And they were like this was I, the day. I, I
0: startle really fucking easily too. Yeah. Like if I'm outside walking and uh and a horn honks, that'll startle yeah, me. Same. I'll be like, whoa.
1: Oh! You like yeah. I, I so like fucking jump scares, I'm hopeless. Yep, it's like awful. I literally I can't do Honestly, it. Honestly, like pfft, I, I, I. People have got so good at picking, like making these games and making these films, where they really just hone in on what is what makes you scared, what makes a human like terrified. That when it comes to doing it for VR, I feel like it's like easy mode all again. You know, it's like if we apply these things that we know work well on just a a two D thing, now put it into like a much more immersive environment, and oh my god, some people absolutely worship these horror things though, like Hannah loves loves the um like the adrenaline stuff that comes from getting a bit scared Ugh. you know and so she's like a big aficionado plays all the horror games watches all the horror films just can't get can't it. get enough of it I hate
2: it I I I honestly I think it's not like an me.
1: adrenaline junkie thing maybe it's like a little bit like doing skydiving or something. I mean if you if that's the case just go fucking skydiving. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, don't well, don't that's watch scary, like, right? some
0: weird fucking debasing horror movie like it you know it's awful. Like even in the game like the shit that like I you fight this well I, I don't want to spoil it if you guys play it but like it's fucking gruesome man. Like some really gory shit happens and it's like jesus christ like well, you know there's, like,
1: there's, there's different levels of of horror of of hit horror like there's the, obviously the, you can sometimes have a film that's all psychological horror and you never even see that kind of the creepy there's, ne- there's never any gore like another a stranger calls, just calls gore back, back.
0: This, like a suspense one remember do you remember that movie when a stranger calls back do you remember watching that when you were like smaller or, i like, don't remember i've I don't never know, like in your teens or whatever I went to a sleepover party, okay, like when I was like 10, okay. Like it was a birthday thing. And the, the big thing was you always had to rent like a, a horror movie. Right. But when a stranger you, calls you couldn't, you couldn't rent something too gory. So I've your never heard of never this let movie,
1: you- right? But this is obviously something from your childhood. So an hour and a half long, nineteen ninety-three yeah. made-for-TV psychological horror film. Yeah. Okay. A sequel to oh a sequel to the nineteen seventy-nine When a Stranger Calls. So when yeah. a stranger calls back was to follow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the whole movie is a woman alone in a house,
0: okay? And it's like, there's like a fucking thunderstorm outside, of course. Like this spooky night. This person keeps phoning. And at first, it's like, he phones up and he's like, Oh, hey, um, you know, I, I live a couple doors down and I'm... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own or whatever. Is 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 Jenny around or something? Like, no, no, Jenny's not here. I'm babysitting. And, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. and it, it starts off all nice and stuff. Yeah, and then it, it just I progressively, progressively it. gets creepier and creepier. And he's, and he's like, I'm in your house now. And she's like, stop fucking it. What the fuck? And everything. And, you know, it, it's this huge suspense trip. And it is like this psychological thing and the whole time yeah yeah and and it's one of these ones where you're just like the whole time you're just like i can't look Uh, i I don't want to pause it I i need to go to the bathroom you're just trying to like not wimp out and like you're in a room with like all these other guys that you're having a sleepover with and some of them are just like no the fuck this fucking movie sucks let's go smoke or something you're like ah geez oh god (laughs) (laughs) what am i gonna do (laughs) Ah! (laughs) it's like oh fuck me yeah like suspense and and horror and stuff is just like not for me at all i can't do it oh it's
1: too much it's really interesting this is so... Oh, flipping heck. There's this, like... A lot of these things come from something before, okay? Everything's built on each other. So when I... Well, I just looked this up on Wikipedia and it took me on this little journey backwards. So it said, you know, when a stranger calls back is obviously a sequel to the classic When a Stranger Calls, which is from 1979. I don't know which yeah. one you saw, but I assume when it... I, assume I 1993, think it might have been When
0: a Stranger Calls, but it could have been When
1: a Stranger Calls Back. I don't It, know. Feels, like, it feels like that's the kind of thing you might watch, like when you were... It was the one like, where,
0: where she's trying to find him and she, she knows he's in the house and she can't find him. And then it turns out in the end... He was wearing, like, uh, it might have been when a stranger calls back because it sounds so fucking dumb. Like, maybe it is when a stranger <laughs> calls back. He's wearing, like, a fucking bodysuit with... With, like, bricks painted onto it so that he can blend in with the brick wall. That's <laughs> <Okay>. so stupid. <laughs> and that's the thing at the end. And it's like, oh, fuck, the whole time he was in the house, he was, he was phoning, the phone he was phoning call coming from within the house from the and he was camouflaging wall. with the brick wall.
1: <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- you know, it's like, whatever. I love that. So so that was a, that was a, inspired by the, the classic the, yeah, folk legend yeah. of the babysitter and the man The upstairs. phone calls coming
2: from inside the house. That's what the operator says. So the first time I heard that story, it scared the shit out of me. I would have been about 11 yeah. or 12 years old. And my friend and I were reading, we, he had this book of scary stories and we were reading it together and we were sort of reading it and we just sat there next to each other, like in his room, we're just reading the book next like to it together. And you could tell we were reading at the same speed because we both got to the final, like the the reveal. And we both went white as a sheet. Like we were both petrified by this story. (laughs) And it was uh, like, we both sort of looked at each other with this look of utter terror. And I mean, it's it's not scary now, like it's a it's a, it's a trope, you know, it's like so cliche. But the fir- the thing is the first time you hear all this stuff, it's not cliche for you. It's genuinely terrifying. So we were like, oh my God, that was so scary. Like we couldn't believe it. And we went downstairs and told his dad. And his dad was like, geez, that's like the oldest story around. Come on, how does that scare you? And we're like, well, we only just heard it for the first time, it's still scary.
0: So yeah. Then s- similarly, I remember being in my friend's basement, okay? I was sleeping at his house and we were watching jerry springer at like two in the morning okay and we're we're just sitting there watching it and you know it was it was like talking about like uh this you know this lover's tiff or whatever and and this girl cindy comes on Woo, cindy! and she's all like oh you know like we dated a couple of times and they said this and that and they're like trying to work it out or whatever and like cindy came out and we're like holy shit cindy's pretty good looking and we're, so we're watching this and, and and then springer comes out and he's like all right everybody but there's a twist to this and you're like, all right, all right, Jerry, what's, what's the twist? And you're like, well, what Gary doesn't know is that Cindy is actually a man, Ooh, and it was like it was God. like it was that moment. It was the same moment you just described. Me and my friend both like turned our heads, looked at each other, both white as a sheet. We we're like, <laughs> "What? This is possible?"
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> bearing in mind this
0: is like nineteen ninety. Yeah, it we was like, new then. What?
2: Like the what? first what time the they fuck? did the Cindy's actually a dude. Everyone, C- it blew everybody's Cindy
0: mind. Cindy is a man. How the fuck she looks so much like a woman? Like, is this what? Is this what we have to look forward to in our adulthoods? So, like, we're not going to know and stuff? Like, we were so fucking scared. It was, like, unbelievable <laughs> about the dumbest fucking thing. Like, when we were kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's just, like, I'll never forget that moment. Like, we've just, the, you were it, there it was just, like, with it was just this. Pucu. Pucu oh, couldn't believe it. Man, we was... were just. You mean, them, Puta is puti? What is going
2: on? <laughs> what? Putina. No! Yeah. Oh geez, oh, all right. Me. We got a bodega? Anyway. We do. It's it's uh let's, it's an interesting do. one this week. It's very very bodega. different to the other ones, but are you
1: ready? Is it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't I know quite so.
2: how to pronounce this. It's it's Spanish okay. for twelve. So is it dot do, doce or doce? I can't remember anyway. Part twelve, let's say it that way. Bodega. part 12. Zero, one, one, zero, zero, one, one, zero, One, zero, one, droned Kratos Nebish, one of the most surveilled men in the galaxy. He was arguably the best and most prolific computer hacker in the galaxy, and for three years he'd been under house arrest in his apartment on Snide 4, and for that entire period, even in his sleep, he'd been emitting a string of binary digits. Investigator Patar knew this because for those three years she'd been watching Nebish on a small monitor in a tiny, cramped, hateful surveillance truck jammed up against her large, sweaty, hateful tech assistants. Anything today, she asked, wheezing on a vape and sipping a scuffy Nah, said the tech guy. Even in those three years she hadn't spoken with the tech guys other than in a professional capacity. She'd just sat there fiddling with her phone, waiting for Nebish to do something, to give himself away somehow, to slip up. He hadn't. The binary was, presumably, Nebish's way of flaving with the feds. As soon as his trial at the Supreme Court of Snide had ended the way it had, in a legal deadlock, he was doomed. Any trial on Snide was essentially a life sentence, thanks to the insanity of their judiciary. 90% of the beings on Snide were lawyers, or worked for lawyers. The other 10% were cops or judges. Every other need and function was handled by robot. Everything was automated. Except, by law, the law. As a result, the planet's entire economy was structured around lawsuits. And naturally, Patar was being sued by both of her tech assistants, and she in turn was counter-suing them. The cases would never see a courtroom thanks to the decades-long backlog. However, since the economy of Patar depended on people's possible lawsuit settlements, this was fine. She could get a mortgage using her lawsuit as collateral. Her bank would naturally sue her in return, but this was all part of the arrangement. 0. For the first few weeks, the surveillance team had worked around the clock to figure out what the binary code meant. Sometimes it turned out to be a recipe for soup, other times it was just a string of prime numbers. Once, it was the transcript for the entire 12-season run of How I Sued Your Mother, a popular sitcom starring, of course, robots. After they realised he was messing with them, they stopped trying to work out what the code was and just recorded it. Years worth of ones and zeros, and none of it meant a thing. Nebish knew that there were hundreds of people watching and listening to his every move. Not just the feds, but every law firm in town was also watching him. He had chosen to defend himself in court, and under Snidean law, this meant he was open to being sued by every law firm that he hadn't hired. Each was entitled to surveil him themselves, and each did. And since his apartment, by nature of his crimes, was a Faraday cage, it was impossible to listen in from a distance. No communication could be made into or out of Nebish's lair, except by hardline. Hence, where the outside of his apartment was a mass of cables and wires, each leading to a van parked in the melee of vehicles that encircled his dwelling. His apartment itself was isolated, raised up on stilts so that it could be observed from every angle. The interior was a mass of tiny cameras and bugging devices. If Nebish moved, the cameras knew. When he was eating, watching TV, sleeping, taking a crap, it was all being recorded by hundreds of people. Worse still, Nebish was locked in and they were locked out. He'd placed an impenetrable Shrovian force field around the apartment to protect himself from assassins, and the code lock was on the outside, so he could never be coerced into opening it. He was unassailable and uncorruptible. No legal compunctional physical threat could force him to open the force field because it was impossible for him to do so. Similarly, nobody could ever crack the code so it was impossible to break in. He couldn't signal outside anyway thanks to the Faraday cage. It was a remarkable stalemate. Nothing got in, nothing got out, except for the surveillance footage and the feds and the lawyers had control of that. As a result of this mess, the Nebish case was the number one employer on Snide 4. If the case ever ended, it would disrupt the economy so much that it would lead to a runaway recession. Investigative Qatar <laughs> shuddered. Her entire existence <laughs> and the livelihoods of billions of people involved surveilling a man whose case was so important it couldn't be allowed to end. She picked up her phone and checked the news feed. Nothing of interest. Pork belly futures were up. There was a traffic jam between sectors 18 and 19. And there was going to be a brief scheduled power outage in their area in about 10 minutes time. Nothing to worry about. The power outage was bang on schedule. Street lights blinked out one by one, then after about a minute, they blinked back on. One of them seemed to be taking its sweet time and she stared at it, hypnotised by its incessant blinking. Blink, 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 pause. Blink, 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 blink. Patar yawned. What a life! She checked the monitors. There was Nebish droning on. Zero, one, one, zero, one, one, zero, zero, one, 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 zero. After a few minutes of listening to zeros and ones for the billionth time, she checked her phone. Another scheduled power outage? Jeez, what was going on at the power plant? She would sue, but it was all run by robots and they had no legal status. The lights again went out. Again, they flicked back on. Again, Patar yawned. Ah, uh, holy flav, said one of the tech guys. Patar heard nothing. For the first time in three years, there were no zeros, no ones. Had Nebish died? Was it over? He's He's gone, said the tech guy. Patar's blood ran cold. Impossible, impossible. She ran out of the van. In the street, a thousand other investigators and lawyers, all staring at the apartment, then up at the sky as a sleek black vessel soared into the upper atmosphere. She blinked a few times. Her brain and an idea were having a serious fight right now. The tape! Run back the tape! The last five minutes, she shouted, diving back into the van. They looked at the footage. Same old nebbish and his binary droning. What's he saying? Run it, she said. The tech guy punched in the numbers and the computer spat something out. Something meaningful all this time. Not a recipe, not a sitcom, a 753-character code. It had to be the code to the force field. He was signaling someone, whispered Patar. He knew they were coming. One of the tech guys, starting to tremble, raised his hand. What, barked Patar. What would be the point of giving out the code? He couldn't have known there was anyone coming. Remember, the Faraday cage. No signal gets in or out, except, he paused. Except through us, said Patar. Run the outside footage back, from the power cut. There it was, the blinking of that streetlight. She quickly encoded it to binary. One blink for zero, two for one. Run it, she screamed. The code said, Howdy, pard. Here to bust you out. <laughs> Breath and shuttle cloaked <laughs> over your ranch. Need the code, pard. She began tearing the van apart, ripping up the seats, the monitors, the fabric of the roof. That's where she found a tiny bugging device and a tiny cable that led out into the street. She followed it, pulling it up as she went. It had been glued down to the pavement, tucked into the cracks. It wended its way across the busy road to a shop, a small market, there was a neon sign over the door. It said simply, "Bodega." Patard <laughs> Patar dropped the cable and fell to her knees. Snipe Four was ruined, and the worst and therefore best hacker in the galaxy had just teamed up with one of the most wanted men alive. The end.
0: Oh, oh
1: man, that, that was, was really a good. good one. That, that was, was really good, fucking friend. good. Thank Holy that's really, shit, that's some great fucking work setting, <laughs> setting that up. That yeah, was
0: glorious. That was really good. Holy fuck.
1: Hats off. Thank you. I'm it was a magnificent a hat, but... little short. I liked it a lot. Yeah, oh. me too. Man, that I was, was so deeply it That engrossed. was one of the best you've done, I think.
2: Really? I didn't think you yeah. guys yeah. would like it. I thought it was going to be a bit no, too...
0: I thought that was fucking <laughs> Weird. perfect. It was so good. Oh, that that was I especially liked the bodega thing at the end. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, The side I loved that. above the market.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice touch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, shit. Oh, that, man. That's great. Okay, well, that's all we got time for this week on Trifles Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I did. I had a great we, time. I didn't. Yeah, I Thank did. Thank you to Sips. Thanks. Thanks yep. And me. Of course, PooToo. Thank you, PooToo. And my name. And PooToo. See you next time. Don't move my letters. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.